he like comes walking up and I'm like, Oh God, here we go. This guy's police. He's going to be like, okay, surprise. You're arrested for serving a bunch of alcohol without a liquor license over here to court. Hello, and welcome everyone to episode 130 of the Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your hosts, Stephen, Anthony, and Kenny. Hello, Kenny. Hello, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, we're Stephen list tonight, but that's just due to a scheduling issue. Um, we're going to be back in the saddle again soon, all three of us, but for now, you're here with the smooth tones of Mr. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and Kenny. And Kenny. I can't I wait. wait for you to come in for that. Well, I can't wait for Steven to come back. Why is that? Because I really want to talk about that experience we had at, at I know. Uh, Distillery. It wasn't until you told me that I didn't realize how exclusive an experience that was to add another layer of mystery to it. I had no idea. I just assumed that you and others had done it, but apparently you hadn't. So. It was my first. All right. And I have got multiple friends who've been in bourbon for five, seven, eight years. Ooh. But they've still not had that experience. You ever like, it feels like the first time. Okay. So come on back, Steven. Come on through. Come on through. So another experience that I want to talk about that was a couple weeks ago was um, our annual Halloween table, which let me uh, set the stage for you guys real quick here. Oh, Kenny's got a boy. big smile. So this year we were on the fence about whether we wanted to do our annual Halloween table. And for those who might just be finding us uh, for the last two years, we had done a Halloween table where we set up a we bunch of who? Uh, me. Well, the first year it was me, Steven and Michael. Okay. The second year, it was just me and Steven. There we go. It's one of our listeners. And yeah. Them. And then the third year, which we were on the fence, we were waffling about. The thing is, is Steven had been traveling so much. He kind of wanted to do trick or treat with his kids. You know, my wife was like, it'd be nice one time if you come around trick or treat with us. And so we were talking and, and Kenny's like, what'd you say, man? I'll go man the table. <laughs> He's like, I'll go man the table. He's like, what do I got to do? My kids are out of the house. And we're like, yeah, it's a brilliant idea. And so Kenny, like you literally had no context because you'd never been to the Halloween table before. It was so awkward it, yeah, so, at first. So I, I actually wasn't even over anywhere near. So it was up in Stevens Court um, right there and uh, where he lives in his neighborhood that like dead ends into a court, like a uh, cul-de-sac area. Yeah. And so we Steven up, was cool. His neighbors were cool. It was really fun. It was really cool. Yeah. And so they set up, we set up the table down there. We throw a bunch of bottles of bourbon on there. I think we had at one time up to eight bottles, but, um, and then we just wait for the trick-or-treaters to come, and we take care of the parents, right? Oh, so good. Yeah. So, Kenny, tell me about the experience, because I didn't get to come over there until later, and I know Steven didn't really either. So, yeah. it's, it was really about the Kenny Mills mashup Halloween table this year. Yeah. No, it was um, it was awkward at first, because I'm like, parent, people are looking weird. I'm like, yeah, no, this is weird. We have <laughs> bottles of bourbon, and your kids are walking by. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then fortunately a few of them had come last year and the year before. So they were like, Oh yeah, you know, familiar with it, you know, but it was cool talking about the podcast, um, talking about some of the birds we had on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one, uh, which fortunately Shannon was there. Okay. She has the gift of gab. Uh-huh. So oh yeah. Very, your wife was there too. I forgot yes. she came in the table so with us. Very fortunately, good. Fortunately she was there because she helped smooth things over and really talk well. Oh, but there was one, I was like, Shannon, I don't think his chick's 21 years old. Oh no! And uh, don't say that. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I think she was. I think she ended up, I think she ended up having a kid there. Okay, all she right. just looked really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shannon's like, well, you know, I don't have a liquor license. I'm not carding nobody. I'm like, <laughs> all right, here we go. This is Kentucky. <sighs> but no, it was uh, it was really cool. Uh, a lot of people it was is actually nice. It was cool hearing a lot of people talk about how they listen to the podcast. Yeah, other ones that were they really liked uh, the bourbons we had, and we talked. You know, it was it was a cool. It was a neat thing of bourbon, like. You had the RD one that was uh, what was that finish you got? That was me? the uh, that was the maple finish. Maple finish, yeah. So we had RD one maple finish. So that's like perfect for somebody that's honestly not really into bourbon, right? It's very it tastes sweet. more like a cocktail. It's a sweet, right? Boom. Uh, we had the blackened X. Was it X? Yeah, it's a blackened by uh, Wes Henderson. So it yeah. was a series. This was from the Metallica blackened. one. Yeah, Metallica blackened was the um, second in that series. We had that really good OKI, right? That is the blend of like seven different mash bills. Mm-hmm. Some uh, is high rye and low rye bourbon. Some rye and right. some American whiskey, corn whiskey, whatever. It's like a blend of a bunch of stuff. So we kind of it was it was cool. There were a few people there at the table that or that came up to the table that were like me and you. Oh, they knew the bourbon. They're into bourbon, the uh, bourbon nerds. Yeah. And they all pointed to the OKI. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the surprising one for that night was that blackened. Really? It surprised me, Shannon, yeah. and a lot of people. Right. Because I'm like, it's a to me, it's a corny, cheesy story. Yep. And I'm like, a lot of times you have something that corny, that cheesy, you're really having to come up with that because the juice won't stand on its own. Right. That was actually very good bourbon. And you know what's funny about that? I think that series is underrated because I really enjoyed the first one in that series, if you remember correctly, was the Willet Rye aged in, I think, Madeira casks or something like that. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, this is just some terrible stuff that Willet didn't want, so they just gave it over to them to age or whatever. And this was the second one in the series, and it was um some kind of... Uh, I don't know, bourbon aged in white port casks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was white, white, port, white casks. port. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, surprising as all hell, huh? It was that. No, it was, that was the surprise of the night. Yeah. So the whiskey nerds like us, they came up to the table. That was their big surprise of the night. Mm-hmm. And that was mine and Shannon's surprise of the night. Wow, very good. Yeah, it was really it, cool. Did uh, so I have to tell the story real quick. So I finally, uh, Kenny, remember he sends me a message. He goes, "I think we're gonna run out of bourbon over here." Because I was people, like, "Dude, we already killed two bottles right in the table." So like, I had just got done trick or treating with my kids, and I'm like, "I gotta haul ass over there." So I, <laughs> I throw some bourbon in a box and literally run a street over because I'm like, I don't want to run out of bourbon at the bourbon table. And when I get there, we're hanging out, chatting, people coming over, getting pours and stuff like that. And then, do you remember what happened? That one gentleman approached. Oh, the, oh, yes. Oh, yes, Lee, yes, 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 right? yes. So this gentleman over here in the cul-de-sac, Lee, approaches us, and the way he walked up to me, he's like just the, standing there. Your eyes. He's got your like eyes. A, like look a, on your face. Yeah, because he's got this jacket on. It's like a bigger jacket because it was really cold that night. And so he like comes walking up, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. This guy's police. He's going to be like, okay, surprise. You're arrested for serving a bunch of alcohol without a liquor license over here in the court. Instead... He says, mashup guys, like that. He goes, the mashup guys? And we're like, yeah. He's like, I got something for you. And I'm like, okay. He reaches into his his jacket. And we're like, ooh. And I'm like, oh, no. And he pulls out a bottle of, uh, I think it was Pogue Master Select. Yeah. And he was like, this is from where I'm from. I think that's what he said, if I remember correctly. Maysville. He said, this is Maysville bourbon. And we're like, awesome. And he's like, and I want you guys to have it for the podcast. Oh, man, that was an amazing moment. Oh, that's so nice of you. We were all like a really appreciative. So and your eyes, when he said that, I yeah. could see your eyes and that look on your face. But then when he reached in and pulled out a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> you could see the relief <laughs> the on relief. your face. You could see it, dude. 
It was so I thought hilarious. dude was going to pull out a badge and tell me to, we're coming around to arrest you. You're the ringleader. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of stepped back. Like, I don't know what yeah, is mashup. Like, I, don't I, don't mash I never heard of this. Yeah, it's Kenny. Wait to have you over there, man, on the right. table until. But yeah, that was really nice of him, and we appreciate that. And we will definitely be doing a review of that um, very I, soon. I would say when we get Stephen back, yep. we can talk about that yeah. one special pick. Definitely. And do that bottle. So we appreciate that, Lee. And we appreciate everyone that came out and hung out with the mashup again on Halloween. Um, what a wonderful time. It was fun. And uh, Stephen's neighbors, man, they can cook. Or he can cook. His wife can cook. So I ate a lot of good oh, yeah. food that night. Always good grub over really there. Good. Big shout out to them. Speaking of shout outs, I have got two things to bring up, Mr. Ant Dog. All right. One is I believe somebody has got their AARP card. Oh, come on, man. Just Does somebody have a birthday? Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah. So mm. turning 42, it's like just anything else. Like, what are you going to do now? Well, happy, like, happy belated birthday. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I don't, I don't want anybody to know what it was, but it was very, very well. It may have been yesterday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one is I believe we had a review. We did. We had a really nice review. And this one came to us from Apple Podcasts. And the title of the review was My Favorite Podcast. And this came it, from... It wasn't us, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. This, oh, is really? this is us. Oh, wow. Okay. So Big Dub One, he signed it too, so we'll get to that in a second. He said, I started my bourbon journey in May of 2022 with a trip to Louisville. I found your podcast shortly after that. After getting caught up by listening to every show, now I anxiously wait each Friday for the new one. These guys are great and very approachable on Instagram. Thank you for providing the show and taking time out of your busy lives to help people like me in our bourbon journeys. Uh, and the person that signed us was drew w we know drew w because he has been messaging with us on instagram and i think he just recently completed a trip to kentucky with his friends where they did some bourbon trail stuff so that's really really nice is drew w not drew of willet oh <laughs> drew of willet ah oh, <laughs> you think of that yeah. drew of willet gave us a five-star review thank now, you no, Drew, we really appreciate that, man. And uh, anytime you got questions, you can always message us. We're happy to get back to you. I know uh, it was a it was a combo of me and Steven responding to you in real time. I actually had to message him and say, hey, are you responding? Am I going to respond? Because both of us happened to be on Instagram at the same time. It was pretty funny. But um, You all share the Instagram account? Yeah, yeah. Do you want, on, you want in on that too? I do not. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I want in on Heck it. No. You're like, no, I got no desire. That's like a joint Facebook account. Oh yeah, you got you got one of those. That's horrible. No, no, no. It's good for us. Okay. Yeah, it's perfect. No, Stephen, we get along great when it comes to the. I'm joint not saying Instagram. you don't get along. I'm just saying think about people that have joint Facebook accounts. That's usually like a married oh. couple where somebody's thinking about worrying about someone cheating on somebody, isn't it? I'm just saying you all yeah. both got access to that. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we appreciate that. And if you would like a shout out, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can reach us. And we'll give you a shout-out the next time we record. So, Kenny, we have a hot bottle tonight. This is a bottle that people are talking a lot about. They're paying a lot of money for on enthusiast markets. So go ahead and take it away. Yeah, I, yeah I'm excited about this one because uh, people are talking about it a lot. I've had the previous year's versions and thought it was good, but not what they're hyping it up to be. So I am very excited tonight. So tonight we do have the Michter's 10-year-old Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Woo, heater. This one is uh, ABV 47.2, so it's 94.4 proof. The mash bill is undisclosed, as in the source of the whiskey and everything is undisclosed. MSRP is 185, I believe. 
Um, that's kind of it. Had jumped a lot on MSRP, Anthony. Yeah, it has actually. I think the first time I ever got a bottle of this, it was maybe like one thirty. Okay, and that was a couple of years back, maybe nineteen. Okay, yeah. So this one has also drawn a lot of controversy in the enthusiast world, secondary market, we call it here. Yep. Um, this is the twenty three A zero one nine seven. So there's an A, and I think even a well, definitely a B, and Lock I think B. there's even a C and a D. Okay. Supposedly the A is like the best tasting one. All right, but. Is that because somebody had a bunch of A's and that's how they marketed it to be the best tasting one on the secondary market or what? You never know. You, and plus, A, I presume, is the first release, right? Probably. So that got the most hype because people, um, yeah. But I mean, this is age stated at 10 years, right? But, but I've heard this I've year's heard is you 14, say 15 years old on this year's. And how do you find something like that out, though? Like, where does somebody come along and say, like, do they know it's Dan McKee, right? Do they know Dan McKee? They call him up and like, Dan, what do you got? You got extra old juice in the Mictor's 10? You just didn't want to change the label? What are you doing? I mean, how does that happen? Well, part of it, you know, potentially is just like a Van Winkle Family Reserve Raw. Right. I've got 13. It says 13 years old. I've got Van Winkles that are 19-year-old Raw. That that's, particular year. That's true, right? Either they didn't want to change the label, didn't want to go through the whole process. They have their set label. This year's uh, Eagle Rare 17 coming out. Right. Supposedly is what, 19, 20 years old. Oh, yeah, that's right. They keep saying so, it's the oldest one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's one of those things where this is Michter's 10, but it supposedly is 14, 15-year-old juice. God, that's crazy. I mean, that kind of stuff is really interesting. But to me, Michter's is like a mystery brand. No, they're totally um, mystery. And and here's the thing. Did you know, and I just recently realized this, so we in, in Kentucky know Michter's as a distillery or a sourcer, however you want to call it. I don't know if they, they're known more for sourcing or they actually distill the liquid. But if you talk to someone who just got into bourbon like two years ago, you say like Michter's, they're going to go, yeah, the place in downtown Louisville, right? Or the place at, at Fort Nelson, right? They have two locations, which is downtown Louisville and Fort Nelson. Is that correct? They only have that, those two places? I guess. I think so. And if I understand things correctly, both of those places opened in 2019. And so how does a brand that just has two basically brand new, I won't want to call them tourist spots, like how do they have so much heritage and lineage to their brand? <laughs> um, isn't that a mystery that we don't well, know much have about? Have you not seen the Michter's uh, King Tut Pyramid bottles from the 70s? I have, but do you know where those came from? I think those are Pennsylvania. Right. What I've been told. right. So when I try to look into the history of Michter's, so there's there's a couple things that I want to call out. I mean, you know, Illuminati. Before we, what's that? Illuminati. Illuminati. That's Illuminati. what it is. It's Actually, secretive. you know, before we get into this Michter's history, one thing I forgot to talk about was how beautiful the bottle is. Um, we didn't even talk about this bottle. We got it in front of us and it looks gorgeous. So can I ask you a question? This yes, is sir. a serious question. All right. I can remember getting allocated bottles. Like, okay, the first time I ever got a Van Winkle, the first time I ever got this bottle, the first time I ever got a Michter's 10. Mm -hmm. I got a Michter's 10 bourbon. A buddy of mine happened to be going out to the distillery, and this is when you could grab them at the distillery when they're pretty available for, I think they charge a little bit more, maybe 140 or 150 bucks. He goes out there and goes, hey, man, I had my wife with me. They were two per. I got two rise and two bourbons. Do you want one? Well, yeah, I want one. I've never seen one before. He comes and hands the bottle to me, and I had a moment where I looked at it, and I was like, oh, that's a gorgeous bottle. That's good looking. I was like, and then I put it on my shelf, and this is going to sound so weird of me. I put it on the shelf, and I kept looking at it going, man, that's just a gorgeous bottle. 
And I come to think of it, do you know of any other bottles that look like the Michter's bottle? It's kind of got like a, I don't know. Like it's a, tall, but it's a little tall, oval. But it's oval. A little oval. And they put that little netting around it a lot of times when they sell it. I don't even know what the netting's for. That plastic netting, is that to protect the it's bottle? It's fragile. Fragile. And it's got the wax on the top. It just is a really nice looking bottle. Yeah. And so I wanted to say, if nothing else, the Michter's packaging is like top notch. It is. Um, and it really does stand out from their regular line, which is mostly like in the, I don't know, oval looking medicine style. It looks like a large Boston round, their regular bottles, don't they? Yes, are you? And then history on stuff. Are you saying so 2019 is when they had? Because, I mean, I've got Michter's 10s that I've had from 2015, 2016. So where, where were they at then? Right. So this is where I don't understand. And I'm sorry, I got a little crazy there about the bottle. I just got so That's excited. Okay. I got well, so excited. Yeah, I couldn't contain myself. I don't mean to shift gears on it. I'm just, yeah. I had that thought in my mind and I'm so old and senile that if I don't throw my thought out there, yeah. I'll forget it. So the nearest I can tell is that Michter's is the brand that's originated in Pennsylvania, right? So they have a long history in Pennsylvania. They had um, a non, there was a non-operational distillery in Schaeferstown, Pennsylvania, that was where what's known as first the Shanks Distillery, then the Bomberger's Distillery, and then was eventually known as Michter's. It closed in 1989 uh, because they went bankrupt. So the one thing that I've not been able to, and, and probably some like really hardcore whiskey people here would probably slam me on this, but there was something called the Stolen Wolf Distillery in Pennsylvania, and Dick mm-hmm. Stoll was a very important uh, master distiller who I think was one of the last master distillers of Michter's when it was in Pennsylvania. Um, he passed away in 2020 at the age of 86, but I think that their operations then were mostly out of different places in Pennsylvania. So they were sourcing whiskey and they were bottling and shipping from Pennsylvania. If I'm not mistaken, I could be completely wrong about that. They may have had a home base in Kentucky. I wish I knew more about them, but that's why, like, I mean, wasn't there a controversy? Like, I know I've joked in a previous episode about Michter's and George Washington and stuff, but wasn't there a controversy where they tried to claim that they made like the same whiskey i don't know the washington but i know there's um there's a lot of old dusty bottles especially some really really good rise right that uh, i'll see listed those are pennsylvania they got it and but some of those they'll say like or they're not disclosed there's big controversy of like is this like someone will say oh this is rumored to be mictors and then somebody else will say is not guaranteed to be that you cannot list that because that changes the price huge in that secondary bottle right and i think that's part of the problem so even like tonight we're going to drink this mictor's 10 and i don't think anybody will say like when we talk about mash bill mash bill is undisclosed because it's kind of a mystery where this comes from now some people have said this is their own juice right but it it? ain't their own juice it can't be right there's no way And I know previously, I talked about this on an episode where I like the Michter's Barrel Strength Rye. That's the only thing we've ever reviewed on this podcast is Michter's Barrel Strength Rye. We've never done any other Michter's product, ever. Really? You didn't? Never have done any other Michter's product. Not the toasted. The toasted Barrel Strength Rye just do a, not do. Just a regular Barrel Strength Rye. Toasted Barrel Strength Rye is liquid candy dessert. Yeah, I think that's one of their best products, And but we've never reviewed it on this hmm. podcast. And the... Barrel strength rye, just to give you an idea of the variance there could be in a distillate, right? Um, I've, I've shared that 2015 barrel strength rye with you, right? Yes. And that one is Very good. phenomenal. The new ones are good, but they're nothing like that. Right. And so that has to signify that they're, they're getting different distillate from different places, and they've always kept that a mystery. I've never heard anybody open a bottle of Michter's of any age and go, this comes from here, right? Right. No, no, they are the biggest mystery. So I got a few friends, you know, Yep, that are kind of like on the inside. Inside man. And they don't even know. 
There you go. Mictors is that is that tight? Um, now some of the mictors I've had reminds me of like some premium brown foreman though. Right. So, so my you, guess is they are sourcing you... uh, like <laughs> some of it's like King Kentucky esque, so, or like a more refined King of Kentucky. You know, a little more delicate. So let's peel off a little quick side story here before we get to nosing this. Um, okay. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about this. Am I allowed to talk about when you hold your annual tasting? We've talked about that before, yeah, right? Best sure. of. And so Kenny was kind enough to invite me last year to this uh, best of 2022 thing. And you guys have heard us mention Alvis. Alvis is a very generous dude. And one night we were getting ready to start our blinding for the best of 2022. Alves just saunters on down to the basement. I don't know. He was wearing long jacket too. I feel like this is the episode of long jackets. And out of the long jacket, he just pulls a Michter's 20. 20 year. And everyone's <clears throat> like, oh, no, no, there's no way you're opening that. And I'm like, there's no way. We're not opening. He just sits down like the boss that he is and freaking proceeds to open that. He opened that like I'd open like a like a like a new riff pick. Right, exactly. So all of us are still in shock. Like you got to clean everybody's job off the ground, and then all of a sudden he just like pass over the glasses. We're gonna drink this, and the reason why I'm telling the story is because exactly what you said. All of us had our first sip of it, and we're like, "Oh man, that's heavenly." And then we all looked at each other and we're like, "This tastes like it could be premium aged brown foreman juice. Yes, it tastes <laughs> like so, a more refined, more oh, delicate, man. more sophisticated King Kentucky." Yeah, so it was just an experience and a half, and that was probably like something I'll probably never get to do ever again. Yeah, and I very much appreciate him. Like that was amazing, but yeah, so that added more to the mystery of yeah. Victor's and where their source and stuff. And that was one hell of a night. That was uh, that probably goes down as one of the best nights in the history of uh, for me for whiskey anyway you know it's yeah. just amazing so it was very good well should we go for a nosing of Let's this for nose man. okay all right cheers cheers Whoop. brown sugar <sighs> vanilla no, i'm just teasing you seen that guy that that does the ice cream tasting no that's what i was playing off of you oh, have yeah? to watch that video i mean he's literally like the world-renowned the best whatever taster for i'm what's I forgot the ice cream brand. Briars. It might be. I don't know what it is. It is the funniest video. You got to watch that. I stuck my nose on these moose tracks. Like, <laughs> really? And he says this. And he, Dude, it's, it's a trip. He gets after it, huh? Man, this is uh, the nosing of this is just uh, is sick. There's a little nice hint of vibrant cherry. There's almost like a like a caramel sweetness, like a sweet sweetness. Um, His nose is actually really good. Yeah, it's a very... It's, I don't describe many noses as gorgeous, but this is a gorgeous nose. This is a nose job. What is this, 94.7? Uh, 94.4, I believe. 94.4. Yeah. Right. And that's my thing. So you, know, you talked about when you first got your Mictors 10, or got you know, the rye and all that. So yep. um, I acquired you know, Mictors 10 rye, acquired Mictors 10 bourbon, acquired the barrel strength rye, the barrel strength bourbon, blah, blah. And, and we talked last episode about my $70 rule. Right. And that's part of what led into me establishing that $70 rule. Was Mictors. Was I did not open my Mictors 10. Okay. Or my Mictors 10 rye either one. Another buddy had one open. And I was like, this is not worth the 250 that I paid secondary for this. Right. Eh, actually, well, actually, back then it was probably 200 bucks back then. But I was like, this is not worth 200 bucks that I just paid for it. So I went ahead and just moved those to get something else instead. But um, it was very good, but it was not that $200 good. 
this is nosing. I think a little bit better than that, though. Yeah, um, it is. And I do remember my first experience with Michter's 10 as well. And I remember it being a smooth drink, but not something that I would like ride home about like, oh, yeah, this is smooth, but I'm going to go drink more of it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, Everybody's palate's different. What they want is different. Um, I'm looking for that quote-unquote flavor ride. I like something that's a little different sometimes. Right. Uh, lower proof bourbons usually aren't my jam as much, but and we'll see. That's kind of what got me. I had other lower proof bourbons that I really liked. Um, and this one back when I had it, which was 2019, didn't really like blow me away. I just thought to myself, like, this is the that well aged bourbon for the bourbon drinker who doesn't want to taste nice oak and everything, just wants a smooth drink. Yeah. Yeah. But man, this, um, this is nosing way better than my other ones that I've had that I can best I can remember from. Oh yeah, very pleasant. A lot of nice. There's actually even a little spice too. It's got, it's got a nice nose. It's very rounded. Um, cherry is definitely prevalent. Cherry is very prevalent. So which, I mean, yeah. if you've heard me talk before, my my nose sucks. I'm so typically congested or allergies and stuff. But I am actually pulling a few things, a few notes off of this one. This is actually good. So it's because like it's lower proof for you. It's not the barrel strength where all the notes are just that's true. Monster together, be, you yeah. know. Could be. You ready to go for a taste? Or it could be that cologne you're wearing. Cologne. Am I wearing cologne? Yeah, oh. it smells like onions. You wearing onion cologne, garlic cologne. No, that's just me eating all that Greek food and sweating oh, okay, it out I got through the pores. It's garlic, garlic sweat. Let's go for a taste. All right, sounds good. Huh? I'm still letting the finish go. Yeah. So there's a lot going on for 94 proof. There is. There's a lot going on for 94 proof. So you're the expert here, sir. Uh, doesn't this remind you a little bit of like nice premium turkey? And if you say no, my feelings won't be hurt because I don't taste a lot of premium turkey, but this is like. No, turkey is so cherry strong. This is cherry. And I think that's why. This is cherry cola. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think this that's why. cherry cola. That's why you're drawing that conclusion, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So think about just real quick, side note, don't want to go off on it all. Right. This is 94 proof. Uh-huh. Think about a Blanton's at 93 proof. Oh. Blanton's is water compared to what this is, right? I feel like- And I don't want to keep talking about it, just a quick little no, tidbit. But. I just want to say something. Anytime I hear anybody say anything about Blanton's, I think about Iron Sheik waxing about Hulk Hogan. Like, oh, come on. Hulk Hogan's not the best wrestler. Just like people are like, oh, Blanton's. I'm like, oh, come on. We're going to talk about Blanton's now? I'm just, saying, about how, <laughs> I'm just saying, think about how much is going on in your mouth right now, this palate, right. for 94 proof compared to Blanton at 93. Yeah. No, Big, that's- Huge, huge difference. Huge difference, yeah. Mm. Wow, this is like, to me, like a cherry vanilla bomb- Subtle oak. When I say subtle oak, I mean that the oakiness is not really prevalent. It's actually kind of muted. It actually finishes very not spicy at all. Do you get any spice in this? What spice are you getting? Um, clovey maybe clove. This is uh, you can definitely tell it's got some age to it, but it's not tannic. This is very well done. And the mouthfeel is not really thin either. It's got a really nice mouthfeel. That's no, very thick. Very medium to thick. Viscous, medium yeah. thick. Yeah. And you don't get that on young age. Hmm. I mean, sorry, not young age. You don't get that on low proof usually. Low proof is a little bit more thin at times. It is thin usually. Yeah. Uh, wow, this is a lot going on for 94 proof. I like that. I like it a lot too. Um, so when we're thinking about Michter's and we're thinking about the stuff that's on the shelf, right? So their core line, I think you mentioned a little bit about this. You said it helped you break your $70 rule because of your previous experience with it. But it's really interesting. Their core products are what? American whiskey, um, American unblended whiskey. It's got like a purple label. Uh-huh. Then they got single barrel rye. I don't know why they do single barrel rye. 
They got small batch bourbon. And then do they have anything else? It's just those three or there's a fourth one. Isn't there a fourth one? They do that sour mash. Oh, sour mash. I was forgetting sour mash. No, not the expensive sour barrel proof no, or sour yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, toasted, yeah. just the regular yeah. sour. Regular sour. So that's their four yeah. core products. And then they got barrel strength rye, barrel strength bourbon, and then toasted rye, toasted bourbon, toasted sour mash. Now, if any of our listeners are on the fence about a rye, it's actually a pretty good one to start with. Which one? The regular Mictor Because it's, rye? I think it's like 56% raw. Right. So it's not that crazy high 95.5 type thing. So I'd agree with that. It's a little more bourbon-esque. Rye is actually uh, one of my favorite uh, things that Mictors does. So, And then once you get past that, then you get to what I call their mid-tier premium, which is what we're drinking tonight, which is the 10-year rye, 10-year bourbon. And then once you go over that, oh, mama, right? Celebration uh what 20 2025 of rye and everything else like stuff that there's only what maybe 200 300 bottles produced each year and those go for five grand to 15 grand yeah i just remember the one year there was a massive controversy do you remember were you on the i don't i don't know how long ago this was i don't know if this was two years ago but there was a guy that had the fake one that had the fake one do you remember that And it looked like that on play-doh yeah it was like a 600 comment thread dude and everybody who was anybody in whiskey was like commenting on this thread and adam hearst was involved like it was wax looked like play-doh literally i know but think about it he i think that eventually they found that he didn't like try to pass it off as fake he was selling it he was selling it not realizing that he had got duped himself evidently right but yeah he got duped but that was but that's the thing when you get into those ultra age ones not that i mean any of our listeners are you ever going to find a chance to buy one i've never had the opportunity to buy one of those if it weren't for alvis i probably would have never tasted one but I mean, the opportunities there to buy but there's no freaking way i'm dropping anything oh like yeah that on them. yeah five, can't do that five grand's a lot so but that's a word to the wise when it comes to any of these more highly allocated bottles i think those ones have like matching box serial numbers or handwritten yeah. numbers and that one not only looked like play-doh but it had like a lot of other stuff going on but that was that was a fun morning i remember waking up seeing all those comments then i didn't participate of course but i i sure I like as, to read them I sure as heck read it yeah, right? read. that was good bathroom material <laughs> <laughs> anytime something crazy happens to bourbon especially on national it's great bathroom material so that's good stuff mm. i know it sounds so generic and plain for me to say it this will be the third time saying it but there's a lot going on for 94 proof um i can candidly say that this is again because these are single barrel right i'm pretty sure that uh, all the releases that they do are single barrel of the 10 year um yeah well, yeah I, think, I mean honestly though I, I have to look at that it could it's one of those things where it could be a it could be a batch still Still could be a batch, depending on I bet how it's they a name batch, it. Actually, and that's the thing—they put out different series, different numbers. But I think on the front of the label, it might say single barrel. It might say single barrel, but yeah. I've heard from different people that you don't—that doesn't mean anything. It's just a TTB thing or a Dang placeholder. It. I bet these are batched. Okay, they—they they would have to be, I would think, especially if people could pick out global differences. Yeah. If not, if there was like that's why they got A B C D, right? Yeah, let's say that A so, had ten barrels. There'd have to be a difference between right. the ten barrels. Yeah, they couldn't all be the batched. same. So yeah, man, that's good. That is really tasty. Well. You up for my curveball, or you me uh, not do a curveball? You could, but it, <laughs> you could, but it'll involve you having to uh, pour me more of your whiskey because I drank that because that was good. That's right. Yeah, I, I housed. Oh, you drank that. all that? It's housed. Oh it's my gone. Oh, uh, yeah. I got a little bit left of this one. No, you don't. You you can curveball me, or, or do you this. don't have to. Okay, I do. So hang tight. Okay. So Kenny, what kind of a blind do we have here? I know you can't tell me what it is, but like, um, what you know? Are you proud of what you've done here? I want to get something that is um, 
potentially close in uh, proof, maybe. Okay. Maybe not. It's not the same proof by any means, but close, potentially close in age, potentially close in value, just somewhere in the ballpark. Not close, but in the ballpark. So that way, um, you know, before you do pass try by, I want to give you a uh, a uh, another benchmark, another. Yeah, uh, what's it? Well, I'm yeah, whatever word. you want to say, something to compare it to. And yeah. here's the thing: I am always for that because that means that I get to drink more cool whiskey uh, with you. So why wouldn't I want to have a blind? Of course, yeah. I want a blind. Hey guys, Kenny's blinded me again. Oh, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> you know, you never know. Yeah, I know some people get sick of hearing me talk about blinds, but you know, yeah, yeah, I just it is what it bro, is, bro. It is what it is. I mean, I yeah. have got so many whiskeys that i've drank before i started blinding stuff that yeah. i was like oh it's so great and then we blind it's like dude this was not, not good. good well yeah. can i ask you a question real quick about this did you pick this for any particular reason because the nose actually is like semi-similar it's not similar similar but it's semi-similar mm-hmm. in a sense that i'm picking up a little bit more cherry maybe a little bit of uh maybe a little bit of the licorice note maybe a little bit of strawberry at least on the nose i am it's really weird it's getting a little of a little bit of, of fruits it's a fruit I like I picked to say this just because salad. of the ballpark of proof, ballpark of age, ballpark of pricing point. Okay. Well, I can tell you this. On the first sip, that was definitely strawberry I was getting because I'm tasting strawberry now. Um, maybe I spoke it into the glass. Gosh, dang it, dude. That's pretty, mm, That is goes so good. Man. So give me a hard choice here because this is like, wow, that's really tasty. That's like fresh berries, and I like fresh berries a lot. To me, this crushes the Michters, but yeah, I'm not going to say that. Or I mean, I shouldn't have said you that. You did say it. I shouldn't have said that. I should, ask, I should ask your opinion first. I'm sorry. But no, but I like, wait, hold on. It doesn't, you didn't taint my opinion. I'm drinking it. I know what it tastes like. It tastes very good. And I do like the Michters. I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I like this blind because all the way through from the first thing you taste to the end, it's less complex, but it's more of what I like. I feel like the Michters might be a little bit more complex than this. Mm. Oh man, that's like uh, strawberry frosting cake. Yeah, it's good, sweetie. That's a sweetie. But um, I think I like this better than the Mictors. But the Mictors is—I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think I kind of know where I'm going to go with this one. But I think you know what, Kenny? I think it's time for you to lead mm. the way. So, Kenny Mills, <sighs> would you pass, try, or buy on this bottle of Mictors Ten Year? Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. I am a try. Okay, please explain. Um, one eighty retail, and I was at Liquor Barn when this dropped earlier this year. Okay, I was fifth in line. They only had three bottles. Ooh, and what were they charging? Do you know? Because one eighty retail was ah, retail, they were probably around one eighty, one ninety. Oh, really? I That's nice. Think. That's I mean, nice of LB to do I mean, that. Not total wine, right? Yeah, but I mean, still, no, sometimes teasing, they, they, they freaking jack the prices. So for me, these mixers have been three fifty ish. Okay, on the enthusiast market. Yes, I love the way you use that now. Thank you. Yeah, well, you the know, enthusiast markets. So three fifty. Um, so if you're at a bar, at a restaurant, I think this is worth trying because it's definitely one of the most uh, complex, very long finish. A lot going on for a 94 proof bourbon. Right, right. Absolutely. 
And this time around, I think that what you've done is you've actually made me a try. Now, this is collective because it's based on a couple of things. I have owned and drank two bottles of Mictors 10 dating back to 19. So that means when I had it, I thought I liked it, I opened it and I drank it. And then I got it again and opened it and drank it. After the second time of drinking a bottle of Mictors 10, which I realize that sounds very snobbish to me. Most people aren't going to have a bottle to even open. Right. Not everybody has access yeah. as, as a manager at Total uh, Wine. At Total Wine, yeah, to exactly. Access to the back. So after drinking two bottles of it, I really didn't think that I wanted it anymore. And the reason being is because the Mictors that I liked more was like the barrel strength rye right. and other things Dude, else. That's just rye, like. so good. I just liked it more. And I thought to myself, why would I try to chase this? Because it was creeping up in price. Even if it was 130 bucks, they're charging more for it. I think the last time I bought it was $189.99. That's why I asked what mm-hmm. liquor barn's charging. And this was pleasantly surprising. If you hadn't busted out this blind, which I want to know what it is here in a second. Yeah, so before you go past your Abado, yeah. I wanted to get you a small, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I want you to have a small reveal. A small reveal? So okay. the one that I gave you, right? you will not be able to find in the stores okay. anymore. Right. It was in the stores. Ooh. However, the enthusiast market is not much different than what it was in the stores. Really? So in the enthusiast market, the blind I gave you would be about 300 bucks. Okay. And the enthusiast market for the Mictors 10 is about 350 Oh. So now that you know that, yes. that might determine your past try-by. Yeah, no, no, it does. And, and that's the thing. Or influence your past try-by. Yeah, what you gave me made me question. I was going to say I would have probably been a try on a Mictors. And then after I tasted this year's, the A, I thought, oh, I'm going to buy it. And then I t- then I then you put the blind in front of me and I'm like no 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 I'm back to a try and I'm solely there I'm with you on that it's a try for me not because I dislike it just for the money I'm probably not going to find it at 185 I'm probably gonna have to hunt it at 300 to 350 right. and I think at 300 to 350 I- I'm thinking since you just told me this thing was in the stores at 300 whatever the blind was I mean that that was nice man a strawberry little strawberry cake um, I'll take that that second one what was that. So the blind that I gave you was uh, the Remus Gatsby 15-year. Yes! <laughs> yeah. So, but that's why I wanted to do that blind. Oh, um, oh. It's a 15-year MGP. I know exactly what this whiskey it is. is. Here's the thing, though. It's barrel-proof. At what, 90-something? At 98.1. Right. So that's why there's so much going on at 98-proof. So it's 15-year. This year's Mictors is rumored to be 14. Right. Maybe 15. Mm-hmm. 98 proof, the Mictors is 94, but the Mictors secondary or uh, enthusiast market is 350. Yeah. The Gatsby is 300. Yeah. So, Kenny, <laughs> the reason why I'm so happy over here and I'm laughing is because. Don't you have do a couple you, Gatsby's? Yeah. Do you remember what happened with the Gatsby? You I, got a, somebody, you got a deal on one, and now I remember well, thinking I, back. I, I bought a bottle of it. I okay. can't remember where I got it. I may have got it at Jackson's. I think I got it at Jackson's. And then I wasn't opening it, and I tried it here one night. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, dang, that is good. Yeah. And so I was like, then I go home and I open my bottle and I'm like, yeah, that's good. And then I hunted and I think I grabbed two more. So I think yeah. I have two of these sitting yeah, upstairs man. in the closet. So and good. I'm dang glad to have them because one I did get at retail. Somebody just wanted to dump it because they didn't think yeah. that it had any secondary value. So I think I had like, what, 250 
two sixty. I thought you got it under retail. I thought you got. I thought you got it for two twenty five. Two twenty five. Yeah, I think it was two twenty five. Like which is under yeah. retail. I actually met a nice retail ge- was two fifty. <laughs> I met a nice gentleman in a total wine parking lot to get that one. <laughs> oh, no, because I remember that <laughs> you were getting it for under retail. Yes, and so that is actually confirmation. Um, and I'm glad that was the blind because that is a that's a really great comparison, yeah. and it also is a whiskey that I. You know what's amazing about what we do? Even though I didn't know that that was Gatsby, now that you've revealed it, I'm thinking to myself, that's exactly why I bought two backup bottles of it because that was damn good. So good. And here in a blind, not even knowing what it is, I'm still going, man, you know what? I think I like that better than I like the Michters. And it doesn't. So that's just, that's proof, that's proof right there of what we're, we're trying to do, why it's important to do this kind of stuff, where we can review a bottle. We can definitely review that Mictors and tell you whether or not it's good. If you can get it at retail, you know what? Are you going to buy it at retail? Um, at retail, you have to buy it. You have to buy it at retail. For me. But yeah. I would not open it. Right. To be honest with you. Well, that's the thing. But that's I'm a why, try. That's why I'm, we're I'm a solid try because yeah. I want, I mean, somebody needs to taste it, you know, in my opinion. I, w- I would still try it, but personally, I'm not going to open a bottle. Right. I cool. would sell it and then buy a Gatsby and pocket fifty dollars. Well there you go, exactly. And that's that that my friends, ladies and gentlemen, is how you do bourbon math. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> and, I hate to be like that, but it and, is. And if you have uh, the opportunity, then maybe you can go out and find where, where Mictors originated there with uh, George Washington in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Mashup KY. Don't forget to visit our partner, bourbonoutfitter.com. Enter code the Mashup for a special discount. Also, let us know your thoughts on the bottom in the comment section. Until next time, keep it neat.